0: Well, good morning. Really, is a privilege to get to talk with you guys today. Um, I get to lead worship for you each week, but uh, a lot of you may not know that the other part of my job here at Grace is um, overseeing our college missions program. And so this is something I, I really enjoy talking about. It's something I'm really passionate about. And I'm just really excited to get to share with you guys this morning. If you would, uh, just turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1. We're going to uh, be starting in verse 3, Colossians 1, verse 3. And uh, as you're turning there, I just have to share, this is uh, really one of my favorite times of the year. Um, I love this time in November. A, it's getting a little cooler outside. B, we got an extra hour of sleep last night, which... I know, it's my favorite night of the year, right? We get another hour in the day. There are never enough hours in the day, but we got it last night. So I love, I love when daylight savings time ends. Don't like it so much when it when it begins in the spring. But um, uh, the other reason this is my favorite time of year is because we enter into uh, Global Impact Week here at Grace, which is our Missions Emphasis Week. And I love this time because there's a lot of of buzz and hype around missions and, and what God is doing in the world, how he's moving. And I love this time of year because it's a time when we get to put before you guys what we are doing in terms of sending students um, all over the world to share the gospel. It's just an exciting time of year uh, for me, and and I, and I hope it is for you as well as you walk through this next week and, and find out more information about how God is at work among the nations. Uh, so it really is a joy to get to share with you this morning. All right, Colossians 1, starting in verse 3. Paul says, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you, As indeed, in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it does also among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God and truth. Let's pray together this morning. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it is truth. And Father, we thank you that in your uh, divine plan and your sovereignty, you have allowed us to hear the truth of the gospel message, that, that good news of hope. And uh, Father, we thank you for the way that it has transformed our lives, even as we sang in that, that song, God, it has allowed us to stand before you. It has allowed us to to stand confidently before your throne one day, and we have that hope that through Jesus we can do that and Father, I pray that, as we reflect on the Gospel this morning as we think about its implications for our lives, that it would we would be reminded that you have redeemed us for your purposes and your glory and how you 're moving on this earth to to one day establish the kingdom of heaven. Father, I pray that we would remember that you have called us to declare your promise. And Father, I pray that this morning we would be challenged to walk in our salvation in such a way that we live our lives to declare the promises that you've made to us, the hope that we have received through Jesus. Father, make us people that live beyond ourselves, in light of your your kingdom, in light of your glory and your plan for the nations. That's our prayer this morning. And would you just teach us, would you speak through me this morning, and would you give us receptive hearts to what what you want us to learn? And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, a couple of summers ago, I got to take my family on a a little summer vacation to Colorado, and... uh, I love the mountains. I love getting up in the cool and crisp air. And we got to go with some friends. And on the way back, we uh, drove through Colorado Springs. And we decided as we were driving through that we'd kind of stop off at the Garden of the Gods and just check that out. We'd never seen that before. And I don't know if you've ever been there or heard of the Garden of the Gods, but it is amazing. I mean, like... With a name like Garden of the Gods, you know it's going to be something phenomenal, right? It's, and, and it is. It's some of the most beautiful red rock formations you've ever seen. Just gorgeous colors, these towering mountains and cliffs coming up out of the ground. And, and uh, it was breathtaking. We, we stopped off here and we probably burned through like 500 pictures in 30 minutes just trying to take it all in and capture this moment. And, uh, had a great time. And as we're, we're standing there with our friends, uh, just looking at these mountains and these, these red rock formations, we're just blown away taking it all in and, and, and talking about how gorgeous, how beautiful it is. And I hear my, my daughter, who's, who's two at the time, Hallie, and, uh, and she's going, Daddy, look at all these big rocks. Daddy, look at the big rocks. And she's just going on and on about these big rocks, and I'm sitting there going, "Yeah, honey, these are amazing, aren't they?" And I'm sitting there going, "Man, how cool that my little two year old is enjoying like this magnificent beauty that God has created, this this wonderful landscape that and, and masterpiece of His design." And 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 she just keeps going on, and and so finally I look down, and um, this is the scene that I see, and. She's running up to me and she's going, Daddy, look at these big rocks. Look at all these big rocks. And I, and, uh, it became really clear pretty quickly that she wasn't talking about the, the red rock formations. She, she was talking about these little rocks that she had in her hands and she was so excited about these big rocks. And it became clear that she had missed out on the bigger picture altogether. She hadn't, she hadn't seen, and she wasn't taking in this beauty that we were taking in because she was too focused on what she could see right in front of her and what she could grasp in her tiny little hands. That's what she was focused on. And, and I started thinking about that, and I was like, you know, I'm a lot like that. I, I get so short-sighted in life. I, I focus on what's right around me or what's going on in my own little world. And I think if we really think about it, we're all a little like that. We get so short-sighted, so near-sighted, and we, we become narrow in our view of the world and how God is working throughout history and among the nations, and we, we miss out on it all around us. It's easy to, to lose sight. It's easy to lose sight, isn't it, of how God is working in the nations, and specifically, it's easy to lose sight of how he's moving throughout history and throughout the world to accomplish his grand design of one day bringing his kingdom of heaven to earth and how all, all things will one day be restored. And, and, and uh, my hope this morning is that uh, we would expand our vision. We would expand our vision beyond ourselves, beyond our own little worlds, and beyond our borders. To see how God is moving in the nations. And how he wants to use us to accomplish his purposes of establishing his kingdom on earth one day. My challenge this week, Matt, Matt talked last week about how the realities of heaven and hell that we've been talking about all semester should drive us to compassion for the lost and that evangelism should be a normal part of our lives. And this morning, I want to continue that thought and just challenge us to live beyond ourselves in, in, in living beyond our borders, to think globally because our God is a global God and a normal part of the Christian life involves being a part of God's work among the nations. That one day God is going to uh, bring all nations to himself and every tribe, tongue, people, and nation will worship him. That's the ending. That's what we're headed toward. And so we want to live in light of that day now. And this morning, uh, I want to just make a few really short observations from Colossians 1, 3 through 6, that passage that we just read. And in particular, we want to look at what Paul says is true about the gospel. And we're going to we're gonna breeze through this, um, just some quick highlights that will set up where we're moving this morning. Uh, but first of all, Paul says in verse 6 that the gospel has come to them. They've heard it. They've received it. Paul says that they've understood the grace of God in truth. So they believe the gospel, it's come to them, and they've received it. And because of that, the gospel has brought them hope. It says they have the hope of heaven, the hope laid up for them in heaven. They heard of that hope through receiving that message of the gospel. So two simple truths. It's come to them, they've heard it, they've received it, and it's brought them the hope of heaven. And I think a lot of us resonate with that. If we're Christians, we've heard the message of the gospel, we've believed it, and we have the hope of heaven. We have the hope of where we're going to spend eternity. But many of us stop there and we're content. We say, I'm saved. I have hope. My hope is stored up for me in heaven. I'm good to go. That's all I need. But as Paul writes, it, our personal salvation, this personal hope that we have It's simply a part of of something bigger. It's part of God's greater plan and design as he moves throughout history and throughout the world. As Paul writes, the gospel is moving in all the world. He says in verse 6 that the gospel is bearing fruit and increasing in all the world, just as it is done for you. So the gospel is on the move. It's changing lives and it is spreading In all the world, even in Paul's day, it's spreading in all the world and giving people everywhere, all nations, the hope of heaven. And how cool that they, these Colossians that he's talking to get to share in that. This is true in Paul's day, it's true in our day. The gospel is moving among the nations. That's God's intent, is that this message of hope would spread to all people, that all people would come to know Christ and have this hope of heaven the problem is that uh, we are often unaware of what's going on in the world. We're often unaware of how God is even moving in the world. Like that illustration of my daughter Hallie, we, uh, we become short-sighted and, and, and narrow in our view of how God is at work. Just to, to illustrate this, I came across a um, survey this past week illustrating the need to expand our vision beyond our borders. It was a survey that National Geographic did, and they polled American college-age students, okay? So around the age 18 to 24. And uh, really what they were trying to gauge is awareness of world geography. And the results are really interesting. In fact, they're astounding and not in a good way, okay? They're, uh, they're shocking, okay? So here's some of the results from this survey that National Geographic sponsored Uh, 70% of college-age Americans were unable to find North Korea on a map, okay? Even in light of everything that's happened in North Korea in the past several years. 36% were unable to find the United Kingdom on a map, okay? 59% know the Amazon rainforest is in South America, but 18% think it's in Africa. 63% of college-age Americans were unable to find Iraq or Saudi Arabia on a map of the Middle East, in spite of everything that is going on in the Middle East, okay? 88% were unable to find Afghanistan on a map of Asia. Even after 9-11, 88% of college-age American students were unable to find Afghanistan on a map, and then 6% were unable to find the United States on a map, okay? Okay? Guys, I'm not making these numbers up. This is a legitimate survey, a legitimate poll sponsored by, funded by National Geographic. And uh, we may laugh at this. We, we, we laugh at this, but guys, this is really sad. This is true of, of our generation. This is how narrow minded we are, this is how short sighted and nearsighted we are when it comes to, to the globe, to this earth. And uh, the summary at the end of the report, this is an official summary, okay? It says, Americans are far from alone in the world, but from the perspective of many young Americans, we might as well be. Most young adults demonstrate a limited understanding of the world beyond their country's borders. All right? Even with all the internet and technology that we have at our fingertips, this is true. This is the reality. We live like we are the only ones in the world. And if we're honest... If we're truly honest, most of us in this room probably care more about what happens on our favorite reality TV show or on the latest episode of The Office than we do what's happening in the rest of the world. Most of us care far more about being entertained than we do what's, what's going on in the Middle East as governments are being overthrown or what's going on in Europe as this Greek debt crisis is spreading like wildfire across the EU. Most of us care more about uh, what's going on in our own little worlds or even being entertained on TV than we do about just horrible, horrible natural disasters that kill tens of thousands of people. I think 79,000 died in the Pakistan earthquake years back, and and many of us just didn't care. And and these are things that are going on in the world all around us, and the the spiritual implications of this are, are are astounding that these are opportunities for for Christ's name to be spread these are opportunities open doors everywhere for the gospel to go out as people recognize their need and we're missing them all around and this is sad not just that the world is nearsighted but it's especially sad that we as believers have grown nearsighted and that we've we've failed to see how God is moving in the world and what's going on in the world and uh, it's sad because our God is a global God. Our God cares desperately about the nations. And our challenge to us is that we need to expand our vision. We need to become uh, global Christians who care about the world because our God is a global God. I want to throw some more statistics at you. And these to me are, are even more heartbreaking, okay? As you know, our, our uh, Earth's population hovers around 7 billion people and, um, About 5.8 billion people don't know Jesus in the world today. 5.8 out of those 7 billion. And I I think that's actually a generous estimate. I think there are are, are far more who don't know Jesus. Of the 7 billion members of the earth, um, 2.3 billion have never heard the gospel or never had the opportunity to hear about Jesus. That's a third of the earth's population has never had the opportunity to hear the gospel And what makes this even more staggering, more shocking, is that 152,000 people die each day, okay? That makes the need unbelievably urgent for us to rise up as Christians and offer this world hope. And I throw those numbers out at you, not to make you feel guilty, not to make you feel bad, but to, to just say that, like, there is a need, there is a huge need in the world today, and we need to open our eyes to that need. We need to broaden our vision, broaden our perspective to the need that's in the world and how God might use us to fill that need, to spread the message of hope. And guys, these aren't just numbers. These are men and women and children, just like you and me. And uh, and they need Christ. We need to open our eyes to what's happening in the world today. And uh, this morning, I, I want to give you just a little bit of a, of a glimpse into how God is moving in the world to spread the message of hope and how he can use you guys as, as college men and women to spread this message. Um, I've asked uh, a couple of people who've been on summer projects with us to come and share this morning. If you don't know what those are, each year we send teams to Tradewinds, which, are, which is our Muslim context uh, location. We send students to Greece and East Asia. And each summer, these students go out and have an opportunity to spread this message of hope. It's an amazing opportunity. That I'm going to share more about later. But I, I just wanted to invite them to come up and share a little bit with you about how they saw God at work. Because I think we need to hear from them. We need to have our eyes open to how God is moving in the nation. So, Kevin, why don't you come on up and and uh, share?
1: Hey, um, I'm Kevin Eddy, and I got to go to Yannina, uh, Greece, which is our new partnership here at Grace it, that's the Parthenon. We got to take pictures in front of it. It was really cool. Um, so I guess just two things I'd love to share about my trip. Uh, it's really hard to sum up a five-week trip in five minutes, but the Lord really worked, and he's really working in Greece, uh, in a lot of different ways. Um, it's really dark. Um, it's really just burdened for a lot of things. There's just a lot of spiritual history there, but they don't see it. They have no care. Um, and so it's just really hard to see that. Um, but one thing I learned really fast was while we were having these conversations um, with multiple students every day was that if i didn't bring it back to the gospel it it, it hurt me, but it was uh, they are so relational there it was more important for me to be living it out um, and to be sharing it as much as I could. but like if my actions were living it out, that was what was getting through in a lot of different ways, so that was pretty like mind blowing um, just because uh, like, our words do a lot, um, and our actions do a lot, too. Um, and so that was something I learned really fast. Um, and then just one other thing um, was, before the trip, if you were talking to me, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going just to see, like, how the Lord can use me, and it'll be really cool and stuff. But I was just kind of like, yeah, Greece, so let's let's do this. Um, and, like, my heart wasn't really for missions. And about halfway through the trip, I was talking with one of my friends, uh, one of my Greek friends he was like, so are you coming back next summer? And I was like, oh, I don't really know yet. Like, the Lord has a plan, but I don't know that yet. Um, and he was like, well, I think you should. And I was like, well, we'll think about it. And I was like, I'll think about it. But I was like, we're having people come here in September. Um, they're going to be here for a year, and they're going to be doing this, and they're going to love to talk to you. And he goes, wait, they're coming here for a year doing what you're doing right now? And I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, I can't wait. Are you going to do that? And I was like, "Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> And so, like that, just really like hit me hard that the Lord used a Greek student that I had been pouring into and just talking to speak through him and just to really like get my heart set on missions. And so, ever since then, I've been wanting to go back, um, and I can't wait till till the day the Lord opens up the door for me to go back to Greece um, because I know He has me there in my future, and it's just awesome. And so, I would highly encourage you to go to summer projects because the Lord can do um, amazing work through you and through so many of your teammates. So, yeah.
2: Hi, my name is Ashley. Um, I went last summer to our Trade Winds location, which, as Jamie said, is our Muslim context. Um, tell you a little bit about it. It's a Muslim country, meaning, yes, that's the religion, but... That influences the culture, the politics, everything about what they believe. That's just been how they've been raised. Um, and if you've been watching the news at all this past spring, even currently, in the Muslim world there's a lot of unrest, um, and I believe that God is using that a lot to his glory. Um, the older generation was more likely to accept what was going on and just go with it. And um, The newer generation is much more they want something different. They need a change. Um, And as believers, we can go in there and talk to them about the gospel and the love of God and the truth that he sent Christ for us. And we can tell them that they can find their hope in that and not in their government or in what's going on in their lives. Um, I think that what was most impactful for me was going in and being able. Like what we do all day, it's really fun. All you do is you go, and we're as tourists there, that's our cover, um, so you go and you drink coffee all day and you go visit their families and you travel around the country a little bit, um, which sounds weird, but it's a lot of fun. And it's so cool because all you're doing is getting to have relationships with them. And since you're a foreigner, they're more likely to open up their hearts and um, tell you things that they wouldn't tell their friends. And so you can talk to them about spiritual things really easily because it is such a give and take relationship. Like they are willing to open up to you. And you're willing to open up to them, and it um, makes it a lot easier to just tell them about God. And um, a lot of times, they may not have heard the gospel before, because it's a Muslim country, and maybe they've heard something about Jesus, but a completely skewed version of it. And so, you may be able to tell them about the love of Christ for the very first time. Um, I remember I was talking to a girl and got into the gospel, told her the gospel, and she looks at me, she goes, "I've never heard that before," and I was just blown away. Because we are raised in America, where it's everywhere. Even if you don't believe it, you've at least heard of Jesus. Um, Another person I was talking to, I told her the gospel and got into why God sent Christ, and it's because He loves us, and nothing we can do can separate us from Him. And she goes, "No one could ever love me like that." And I was just like, "Okay, fight the tears, fight the tears." Like because it is—it's so heartbreaking because they don't—they don't get it because they haven't heard before. So I would encourage y'all consider going. you may be the first person who's told them about the gospel, who's told them about the love of Christ and how he can change your life and how he makes life worth it. So, yeah, go to Winds.
3: <laughs> hey, guys. My name is Matt Lunsford, um, and I went to East Asia this past summer for five weeks um, just a little bit about the region we go to in East Asia. It's a, it's a region that's very unique, I think, because God is bringing people to him in very large numbers. Um, while we were there, there were 20 people or so that came to know God just as a result of us just going and sharing. It was really amazing. Um, but the sad thing is that, like, it's interesting because there's so many people coming to know him, but there's also so many people who have just never heard. Um, they have no real concept of who Jesus is. Uh, most of them have heard the name of Jesus, but that's just in, like, Western culture classes because they study Michelangelo's painting of the the Last Supper. <laughs> and so they'll talk about the Last Supper if you ask them about Jesus, but that's it. We, we met a few people who had actually never, ever heard the name Jesus before. Um, we were just able to share with them and give them their first glimpse and their first idea of, like, who this God is that wants to know him. Um, it was really neat. It's really cool also because um, while you're there— uh, while we were there, we stayed on a college campus, and we took language classes, and uh, we stayed at these dorms, and we would just go out every day, we would just walk up to students and just ask them, like, you want to you wanna be our friend? And they would just be like, yeah, like, let's meet up, and let's, let's talk about American culture and stuff, because they want to hear all about it, and like, uh, that was so cool. It's so, they're so, like, welcoming and fun, and, um, but then when you're sharing the gospel with them, it's interesting, because uh, they just think it's just American culture like it doesn't apply to me because I'm all the way over here and like that's in America and uh, they need they need students to like come and tell them like no this is for the world like this is for you they think god is american and they were amazed when we told them that Jesus was jewish they had no idea <laughs> but like well like that's that's things that they need to hear though they need to hear that the gospel's for them Just, it's so cool, too, because, like, it's so evident that the Spirit's at work there, because we would share with some people, and we would just get no response, just blank faces, um, no real questions, and then we would share with other people, and they just believe right away. And it's not like we did different things. It's not like we were just amazing, like, evangelists. Like, the Spirit really is just moving and bringing people to Himself here, and He can use anyone to do it. Like, some people on our team had never, ever shared the gospel before, not once, and they saw people who they shared the gospel with come to know Christ. Just really cool. I'm just shaky tone you guys about it. But I would encourage you guys to go. Go on a summer project. um, Check out East Asia. Come talk to me if you have any questions.
0: Thanks, guys. I really wanted to get them up here just to give you a preview for how God's moving in these parts of the world. And, guys, these are just normal people like you. And that's what's cool about it is God can, as Matt said, just use any of us. Um, for his purposes, to, to spread his glory. And the thing I, I love about these stories, the thing I love hearing about these testimonies is that they really are a picture of what we read about in that first verse, that indeed in the whole world, the gospel is bearing fruit and increasing. The gospel is that move in the world, in, in, in trade winds, in East Asia, and Greece, and he wants to use you to be a part of it. And what's cool about it all is that God has a plan in mind. God knows what he's doing as he is moving in these parts of the world because he's headed toward this ultimate, eternal destiny. He has a, he has a purpose in mind, a global purpose in mind, when, when he is moving toward establishing the kingdom of heaven. And, and we know how the story ends. We know how this story of human history is going to end. And if we know that, if we look at that and focus on that, that should affect how we live in the here and now. I think it's a lot like a, a movie, like watching a movie. Okay, I was thinking about this this week. It's like the, the movie Inception, okay? I remember watching that movie for the first time and I, I was sitting there watching it and I was really confused as to where it was going, I'm going, I have no idea what's going on. And then it gets to the end, and they spin that top, and it wobbles, and the, the screen goes black, and they go, oh, okay, it makes sense now. It was a dream within a dream within a dream within another dream, and this was real, but that wasn't. And this part was just a projection of his emotions from a past alternate reality, and he's feeling guilty, and it all makes sense, right? <laughs> Maybe not. That movie was kind of complicated, but uh, the point is, a lot of times when we watch a movie or we read a story and we get to the end and we see how it ends, everything else starts to make sense. And then we go back and watch it again and, and we see how things fit into place and we see how it all kind of develops in the narrative of things and how it goes toward this ultimate end. And uh, when it comes to the Bible, guys, we know how the story ends. We've been studying heaven and hell. We know what that's going to be like because Matt has done an excellent job painting a picture of what it's going to be like. Okay, We know what our ending is. We can look at it in Scripture and see it very clearly. And I love these pictures uh, from Revelation. This is a a picture of, of what this climactic ending that goes on into eternity looks like. It says, And they sang a new song, To the Lamb, to Christ, saying, Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals, for you were slain, and you purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. Let's skip over a couple chapters, look at another verse. It says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation. From all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Alright, so what do we see in this ending, in this in this climactic ending as we read through the Bible? We see that God is being worshipped. He's being worshipped. People are pouring out their hearts to him in worship, thanking him for who he is and what he's done. And then we see that every tribe, tongue, people, and nation is represented around the throne, worshipping the lamb forever. Okay? Every nation under heaven, globally, all, all peoples of the earth are there. Guys, this is a reality. This is where the narrative, the storyline of human history is moving. This is the ending. This is the picture that we see is that there is a global purpose in heaven of every nation coming together to pour out worship to our God. And if we know, if we know that that's the ending, if we really believe that, then we should live with that in mind in the here and now if we know that every nation is going to worship him, then we should be looking at the nations now going, we want them to worship God one day. We want them to come to know him because that's the ultimate ending. If we know that we are going to be a part of this grand celebration with all the nations, then why don't we live like that in the here and now? And I love this quote by by C.S. Lewis. He says, if you read history you will find that the Christians who did most for the present world were precisely those who thought most of the next. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this. And many of us have have honestly forgotten that eternity involves all the nations. We've lost sight of that. We think about what it's going to do for me and how I'm going to have perfect peace. But we've forgotten and we've lost sight that it, it involves all nations worshiping together and we've we've lived in light of that and we've forgotten to look outwardly at the nations in the here and now and if guys if we truly love the lord if we truly long to see heaven come to earth and long to see this fulfilled then it should drive us to 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 love the nations to love the things that god cares about and to see the nations fall at his feet and worship Imagine what could happen if we did that. Imagine what, we could, what could happen if we lived in light of what heaven really is. So the challenge is not just to expand our vision, but to also then expand and broaden our availability to how God might use us to be a part of his purposes. Acts 1, verses 6 through 8, it says, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by His own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And I love this passage because here are the disciples, and they've got this great hope of the kingdom of heaven coming to earth and Jesus establishing this, and they go, God, when are we going to see this happen? When is this going to come about? And he he goes, it's not for you to know that. But as you wait for that, as you long for that and wait for that, you are to be my witnesses on the earth. You are to spread the gospel to all nations. And since God is already on the move throughout the nation, since the gospel is moving, why wouldn't we want to be a part of that? Why wouldn't we want to join in his work and be available to how he might use us for that And beyond that, guys, it's commanded of us. The Great Commission tells us to go, and as we go, to make disciples of the nations. That's, that's not just a, a suggestion or, or a nice thing to do. It is, it is commanded, it is expected of us as believers that we would live with that purpose in mind, making disciples of all nations. The challenge for us this morning is to start asking questions like, what's holding me back from this? What's holding me back from living in light of God's grand design for all nations to worship him? What's holding me back from that? And this morning, maybe I'm sharing this and, and you're not really resonating with any of this because you've never entered into a relationship with Christ. And the message that you need to hear this morning is that you can have hope of eternal life through Jesus. That he died for your sins to forgive you. Of your sins, and he rose again so that he can offer you eternal life as a free gift if you just simply believe him for it. That's the message that you need to hear this morning. That is the hope that we're talking about, and you can have that hope. For those of us who know Christ, I really think it boils down to three ways that we can be involved in how God is moving among the nations. The first of those is to uh, just start praying. Start praying as as you. Sort through world events as you watch the news. Pray for the nations. There's some great websites where you can kind of look up people who don't know Christ and, and, and find out more information about the nations. JoshuaProject.net, I think, is one of those. But you can go online, start researching, start praying for other countries, other nations. And as you do that, I think you're going to find that God's going to give you a deeper burden, a deeper heart for the nations. The next thing is... Uh, give, give toward global missions, give toward what God's doing in the nations, give toward his work. And that's hard for you guys to hear as college students. I know because I remember sitting there and going, I don't have any money. Okay. But then I'd look at how I spent my money. And, and my challenge to you guys is give up one or two Starbucks a week. Okay. Or, or start packing your lunch instead of eating out and start giving some of that money down, downgrade your text plan. If if you can even imagine doing that and give the rest of that money to missions, okay? Be creative with it. Start thinking of ways that you can better use your resources for God's work here on this earth. And then finally, I want to challenge you guys to go on a short-term international trip sometime while you're in college, okay? The reason I'm challenging you all to do that during college is because there is never in your life going to be a time when you have more time, okay? You feel like you're busy now, but just wait until you get into the corporate world, and then just wait until you get married and you start having a family. It is really hard to give up a week or 10 days or a couple of weeks, especially not five to six weeks or a year or two. It gets really tough the further you get out of college, and right now, you guys have winter breaks, you have summers, you have time to give toward this, and so I would encourage you, take advantage of that freedom that you have right now to go on a short term international trip beyond that you guys right now at this time in your lives in college you are incredibly influential incredibly influential everybody who shared this morning just i know some of their stories and these students that they are meeting with want to hear from them because They're young, they're college students, they're smart. You guys are intelligent and you have so much to offer as you talk with these students. They want to get to know you. And it's just a natural open door where you are at your life stage right now to go over and share with other students. So that's my challenge. Expand your availability, broaden your vision, see how God might have you be a part of his work in the nations. If you're you're sitting here and you're wondering, I have no idea where to start I want to challenge you guys to come to uh, the Go Missions Conference on Tuesday and Wednesday night, okay? Uh, this is a huge conference. There are going to be about uh, over 40 missions agencies on both nights that you can meet with, that you can ask questions of, and just find out how God is working among the nations. Then Wednesday night, we have our breakout sessions where you can uh, discover what God's doing in different regions of the world. So if you have no idea where to start, Tuesday and Wednesday night is a great time to do that. I also want to invite you to come on a summer project with us next summer. Okay. I challenge you to go on a short-term international trip, but I want to ask you to come, come with us. These are great trips. I remember about 11 years ago, sitting exactly where you were on a Sunday, just like this. And God really was stirring in my heart. And I just decided, God, I'm going to, I'm going to give up next summer. I'm going to make myself available. And uh, summer of 2001, I went on my first summer project and it radically changed my life. Uh, it, it's, it's one of the reasons I'm in ministry now. It's one of the reasons that I, I, I'm doing what I do and I love sending you guys out is because just making my summer available that summer radically changed me. And over the past 10 years of being here, guys, I've watched hundreds. I was trying to count it up. Somewhere well over 300 students that we've been able to send on these summer trips. And uh, I have never in 10 years heard one student come back and regret that they did that. Never heard one student come back and and say, man, I really wish I hadn't done that. Every single one of them is changed through it. Every single one of them has some of the best stories of their life to share. And, And you guys are gonna have fun. You guys are gonna be challenged and changed and grow. And God can use you in incredible ways on these trips. And so I wanna challenge you, come on one of these with us. And next week, Right after the service we 've got our, our pizza lunch it 's free pizza. if you want to sit down and talk with people and just hear stories and see pictures, I want to invite you to do that and just uh, and see how you might be able to be a part of it well as we close today, uh, some of you guys have have never considered any of this okay it's it's new to you and uh, my hope is that God might be stirring in your hearts. My hope is that uh, the spirit might be speaking to you this morning and and just helping you to question how you can be a part of what God's doing in the nations. And uh, I want to invite the band back up this morning as they close in worship. And as they play this song, I, I want you to ask yourself, what's holding me back? What, what are the things in my life, what are the walls that I've built up that are keeping me from seeing how God is at work in the world? And that are keeping me from seeing how I could be a part of that and let's just pray and ask God to, to break down those walls, to give us hearts that are available to be used by him wherever and whenever he wants to use us. Let's pray those prayers. And my, my challenge to you is to ask these questions. Are you available to him? Are you completely his? Are you willing to be used by him wherever and whenever he might have you? Father God that's our prayer that with everything that we are with everything that we have we would shout your glory to the ends of this this earth God that we would broaden our vision God that we would see the needs all around us that hundreds of thousands are dying daily without hope without Christ Father would that would that just break our hearts? Would you cause that to break our hearts, Father? Help us to have compassion on the lost. Help us to see beyond ourselves to, and to realize that you are headed toward a time when all nations will worship you, God. And we want to jump on board now. We want to be a part of this great story that you've written God, make us people who are available. God, I think of what what you could do with a group, even just this size, if we committed ourselves, if we became available to your cause. God, hope would rise up from us and spread into this world. Lord, we thank you that there is power in the gospel and that it is bearing fruit and increasing in all the world. God, the question is, will we be a part of that? And I pray that you would just continue to challenge our hearts, continue to challenge us to evaluate our lives, to see if we are living for that. Lord, we want to be the church that you desire. And I pray that this week as we leave and as we encounter opportunities during the week, um, of Global Impact Week, Lord, that we would just discover how you're at work in the nations. Father, thank you that you give us the privilege of being a part of your work. Help us to see uniquely how we can each fit in. And that's our prayer. That's our desire. And we pray and sing these things in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. You guys are dismissed.